This is Hope Alive Radio Station, shaping minds for a better future. Okay. I'm speaking about Musi Maimane. I have the honor of speaking to him. We have him on the line. Ntati Maimane Dumelang. Dumelang and um, good evening to everybody. It is my great privilege to be on the show. Thank you so much for the invitation. And it's an absolute honor to be speaking to you uh, whilst in the dark. But I, <laughs> I, it's, uh, I look forward to speaking to you in the next while and hopefully everything stays uh, stays um, stays working. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, we'll we'll pray as we talk that load shedding uh, does as much as it's there, but you stay connected <laughs> so that we can answer the questions that people have, and then we can get to know more about you. I was when I was doing my prep, I was actually listening to some of the videos that you've done, and I found that that your grandmother was actually a person who introduced you if i can use that word to christ do you mind taking us about talking to us about your childhood and how you found yourself it to be in church you know um if i if i if i if i heard you correctly you know my my grandmother you know in a, in an african tradition uh when your when your grandparents pass away on your paternal side the sisters mm-hmm. the sister takes over that role and so me Mamurake became um, a really a pillar of strength in my life. She she was that grandmother that made sure that we kept in the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were all raised um, Catholic. And ultimately, you didn't have a choice. If you if you I mean, I always say to people, you could do many wrong things, but not showing up to church <laughs> was the ultimate crime you could commit. Yes. And uh, and I'm grateful for that because in many ways it gave me a grounding, a sense of saying, let's go to, um, she made sure faith became a central pillar of what we do. And in fact, I can recall a day when, uh, when Chris Hani was killed. Mm. And I remember that morning all too well. You know, everyone was shocked. I was living in Soweto. Everyone was worried. And my grandmother came. And the only thing she could say to all of us is, let's all pray. Mm. And uh, there has never been a function where the Maimani family gathers together where it isn't preceded by a session of prayer. And I don't mean just saying grace. I Mm. mean literal prayer intercession with praise and worship. And and it's become part of our, um, I wouldn't call it our culture, Mm-hmm. but something that we all anchor on to. So, so even, it doesn't matter, you know, on family WhatsApp groups, her legacy yes. is one where people share prayers, they share scripture, they share encouragement, and that's how much she is as a pillar. And so to me, much of my journey of faith was initiated by her, and in fact, she made it possible for me to be able to um, serve God in whatever spaces I could be able to do, knowing mm-hmm. that there was an ever present help in time of need, if I could use that. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned a couple of things there, and I love how she actually introduced you to God and instilled the power of prayer. You also mentioned praise and worship. Uh, Ntate, can you sing? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, You know, know, it's it's an untested assumption. All I can say is that... um, I don't say I'm the last of the greatest singers, but but I, but I think I can hold a note. You, you know, I used to be note. in the 
uh, I, I think I used to be in the in the choir when I was in the high school for a little bit. I've never joined our praise and worship team. They were trying to really actually grow the church. Mm-hmm. So they said, no, 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 no. When are you don't qualify here? But but I can hold a note. I think, uh, um, and my wife would think I can hold a note. I think. <laughs> no, we might, we will call her next week to find out if Kaniti you can hold a note or, you know. <laughs> so coming yeah. back to 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 your journey with Christ. A lot of people, I remember when I was doing the poster, I was like, I don't know if I should put pastor or not. Are you a pastor? Well, you know, I was, um, when I, I, I did a master's in theology, I was mm-hmm. ordained at Liberty Church. Okay. But I've never kind of taken on the simple title of pastor because mm-hmm. not only is it, in my humble opinion, theologically incorrect in the sense that and I don't want to go into a whole preach-off here, but mm-hmm. in in Ephesians, it speaks about the fivefold ministry. And I sometimes yes. think that, you know, we call everyone pastor because it's the easiest one for us to get a hold of. Mm. But I think people have got different roles. Mm. I've always felt that in some ways, what what would you call Joseph in the Bible? Would you call him a pastor? Would you call him, I don't know. Mm. But I feel that in many ways, my calling was always to this nation. And God allowed me to be in different spaces. I've been involved in business. Mm. I've been involved in ministry because mm-hmm. I believe that uh, ultimately, you know, I, I, I preach from time to time. I've served yes. in church leadership and I began as a youth pastor, but I've also been involved in politics. So to classically just say you're a pastor as an overriding title mm-hmm. sometimes can be... Um, you know, in some ways misleading. But I I accept that that's how people understand someone who has a ministry call yes. and that's the easiest title to attach. Mm-hmm. But I find that, not that I respect so many pastors, I think they do an unbelievable job. I, I think that it's still an honorable calling to be able to serve God in that manner. But I've been grateful that God has called me to say everything is spiritual. So whether I've served in business I've always seen it as an opportunity to bring glory to God, where I've served in church, where I've served in politics. And I think every so, everything that we do, uh, we need to be able to recognize that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, all mm. of us are missionaries. You guys are, are on a radio station right now. And yes. in others, you know, the title might be narrowing, but you have a duty that you are communicating and you are serving. And it's, I've never even worn the title of politician all that well because... <laughs> Sometimes when someone says, hey, but you're a politician, it almost is synonymous with, but you are lying. (laughs) And and so, you know, titles sometimes can be a little bit too too confusing for people yes so uh, in the in the later part of this conversation we are going to tap into politics because we can't run away from it excuse me so now uh, there was a clip where i saw you were preaching uh, i don't know if it's london or uh, australia and for me when that clip i think it came out two years ago and then when I saw it, it was like, how can preach, <laughs> you know? And I think that's where a lot of people who don't know you personally or who don't go to your church, they found out that, oh, he can actually preach and we can actually hear. So I got a one minute clip. I just want to play it for our listeners so that they don't say, ah, Zanele, I think she has a bit of politics in here. So we're just going to play this one minute and then we're going to continue with the conversation. 
Because in truth, what you carry will define you. What you carry will define you. Most people who have been pregnant, they look at the woman and go, you're glowing. And she, Natalie would complain at night. She'd be like, oh, I'm in pain. I'm in this. I was like, you're glowing. And sometimes it's going to be hard. I work in a field that sometimes is difficult. People want to stab at you. They want to do stuff. But I remind myself that maybe I'm glowing. Because I'm not carrying death. I'm not carrying, I'm carrying life. I'm carrying a nation. And the best wine is yet to come. The best wine is yet to come. I don't know about you. But you see, it's very tempting to believe that because of... And that was the clip that I wanted to play to our listeners that my mind so that they can hear that. You can preach. I, I must be honest, I'm sorry, from where I'm sitting, I couldn't hear Oh, the you clip, couldn't so hear that. Okay, so no. that was part of the sermon you gave, I think it was two or five years ago, where you were saying that the best yet, uh, the best wine is yet to come, and that you actually were giving an analogy of your wife being pregnant, and how oh, yeah. she was lazy, yeah. and people were like, she's glowing, but she couldn't see that. But at the end of the day, she was actually glowing. So, given that, do you still preach? Oh, you yeah, now? Yeah, I, I, I find it always an amazing privilege to be able to share God's word. I think that there's power in God's word. I think that lives are impacted when you, when you are able to to kneel down and say, God, what do you want to say in this moment in this time? And and I remember that sermon all too well. I traveled. Um, I was preaching. I think I was invited to preach in Australia at a conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. And in communicating that, and I, and and John, just that uh, the turning of water into wine has always been for me such a deep revelation because it brings an intersection between really heaven and earth yes. in a real way. It takes what earth can produce in grapes and and turns it into something supernatural. It it hides the disappointment of a poor couple who were running out of wine and. And and I find it quite amazing that Jesus was at a wedding, and mm-hmm. that's where he chose to do his first miracle. So <clears throat> I love that. <clears throat> Sorry, I love that portion of scripture, and yeah. and so I still preach today. Okay, so to our listeners, if you've just tuned in, we're still pushing boundaries with myself, Zanile Zama, and you can send your voice notes or questions to uh, Mr. Musi Maimane on 067-153-1089, and on Twitter, we are Hope Alive underscore radio. On Facebook, we are Hope Alive radio station. Uh, and today, you spoke about the various um, sectors that you've been in your life. You've been in business, you've been in politics, you, you are in ministry as well. What are some of the challenges that you have faced taking being a Christian as you are when you go into politics, when you go into big business? What are some of the challenges that you face because we know we are a mixed society? Sure. Look, I mean, like with many things, you know, I mean, first and foremost, all of them require a different uh, degree of understanding. Um, you know, when I think about politics, people used to mock me for my faith, as an example, because they couldn't find me 
falling short on corruption. They couldn't find me falling short on, you know, they, they couldn't do any of that. So the best they could do is to mock my faith. And it was a challenge. It was a challenge for a long period of time because even in the beginning, I was a little bit like, you know, let's, let's, you can attack me for my faith, mm. but <clears throat> that's not what we're here to discuss. And then the older I've become and the longer I've been involved in what South Africa seeks to do, I've also come to recognize that in actual fact, it is our, the way our world is organized is authored from our faith. The, mm -hmm. the reason we have human rights and we fight for human rights is because there was a God who said in the Ten Commandments that you, you mustn't cheapen human life, therefore you mustn't kill. Mm -hmm. There was a Jesus who died on the cross and said there's equality of all human beings, mm -hmm. that all of them are sinners, that the restoration of the right of woman is an is a concept that can only emerge mm. from the Bible. So so the the more I'm beginning to realize actually that actually the Bible isn't just a question of to teach us morality, but how to order society. Mm -hmm. That's become an impactful thing. So that's been a bit of a but 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 I mean you'll always be challenged for those. In yeah. business, you know, you know, sometimes it's it's hard. You've got to confront the ethical questions, you know. Are you willing to do this ethically well and always and on top of it? So so all of these um, challenges you have to overcome. And obviously your, your own sense, your sense of uh, your own confidence. You know, I think the worst thing that can happen to you is the temptation to quit. Mm -hmm. Because that's always in the back of your mind. That's always thinking, is this worth it? Especially when you confront a nation. I'm sure when I think about many other leaders, I think about, President Nelson Mandela, he would have spent years at Robben Island. And, and when you think about the 20-odd uh, the years yes. in Robben Island and then the rest in, in, um, in Polsmoor, mm -hmm. you realize that the, I'm sure there were days where he said, this is not worth it. Yes. It's simply not worth it. So, 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 so the temptation to quit is always before any leader. And you don't change society unless you are willing to confront that. People, I don't believe I'm successful because I'm any smarter or any more spiritual. Mm -hmm. I think I'm successful because I just refuse to quit. Yes. I just say we're going to keep fighting on and that's how we go. And I think um, we should never lose. And that's why for me, anybody who has a dream and anyone who's working towards that dream, I want to be on their corner because ultimately all of us are pursuing something. Right. Mm -hmm. So now... Uh Taking the conversation towards politics, you've been uh, the leader of the opposition, which is the Democratic Alliance, and we've seen when um, the Economic Freedom Fighters, EFF, came into parliament, like we just saw a different house sitting there. When all of those things were happening, you know, the ruckus, the disruptions, did you ever hold a young prayer in that your seat facing the president and say, God, please help us. What are these people doing? Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you. I mean, uh, for, like I said earlier on, I view everything as spiritual. Like I've never thought to myself when I go into Parliament mm. that's less than going into a diff uh, like church. Yes. I think both of them are as spiritual an atmosphere as any other. So, mm. so the idea of praying and praying before. I could pray just as much before a sermon as I would before 
going to parliament for a state or the nation or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Because I also always held the view that said that, you know, when I think about the spiritual atmosphere, even in parliament, mm -hmm. you have authority over those and you yes. need to walk in exercising that. So, so parking that aside, but there was one particular day where we'd never had police inside the chamber before. Mm -hmm. President Zuma was delivering a speech about a, a, um, literally a water project that was in, um, in, in our partnership with the DRC. Yes. And, and we debated a motion of censure. And, and once that was voted down, people thought they could relax. Now, mm -hmm. in Parliament, there's a bar yes. behind bar Parliament. And people went into that bar and had a few whiskeys and then came back into parliament for the next session. You? As the next, as the next session began, mm -hmm. I know, I shouldn't be telling you all of this. As the next session began, an EFF member stood up and said, but we can say all we like. Jacob mm. Zuma is still a thief. You? Well, it began a fight. Yes. I can remember that day I thought we needed prayer because here was the problem. Mm -hmm. We hadn't been to court to mm -hmm. fight that the police cannot come into the chamber. Mm -hmm. So you had policemen there who had rifles. I remember standing in the middle of the of parliament, dividing ANC politicians and DA politicians from getting into a fight. Yuck. It that day I'll never forget because it reminded me so much of that. Oh well, democracy as powerful and as important as democracy is mm. it is very fragile because people can just start a fight very quickly you know coming sticking with with what happened in parliament uh, as a journalist myself like I, I we would watch i'm telling you that they would actually stop typing and watch everything that would happen in parliament whenever it starts and we saw how the parliament actually uh the the, the dignity of the house, it was actually uh, trampled upon, if I can put it like that. And we saw uh, bad language being used. We have children watching TV, but it, people just didn't care. So when all of those things were happening, morally, what were you saying? Yes, you would hold a young prayer there. You would intercede and say, God, we need you right now. But your moral capacity and also your faith and also your, your values as a Christian, were they some of the things that grounded you? Because as far as I can remember, I've never seen you uh, play dirty, if I can put it like that, because we've seen people playing dirty in politics. I've never seen you doing that. Is it because of your Christian values and morality as a whole? I think it's twofold. It's, I, I, you, you you know, I don't. I think sometimes the danger with politics is that so many people want to put on a show, mm -hmm. right? And like, I don't do that in my life about anything. Like, I don't. I don't have these moments where I've got to pretend to be something I'm not. Whether it's at home, whether it's on a football field, I, I don't do any of that. So mm -hmm. it would be a bit abnormal for me to do that in Parliament. So it has to be consistent. If you want to be honest as a person your integrity must always remain in place. Otherwise, mm -hmm. otherwise you're a fraud. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I hate to disappoint many people. Sometimes people say politics is Hollywood for the ugly. Yes. People arrive there, they act, they mm. act, they perform, they're bigger than what it is. So I always thought, this is not me. That's one. Two, I happen to think that 
public service and being a member of parliament. There are only 400 members of parliament. You represent 57 million people. Whether you are in opposition or you are in government, you must dare never forget that the office and the weight with which it comes with mm. is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is an incredible privilege and it's a powerful thing to have. Mm. So I never thought to myself I wanted to downplay that role. I thought it deserved better. And, and I always thought to myself, I'll never forget, maybe I was at a conference as a young person and someone asked the question, they said, how do you make decisions? And someone said, sometimes you need to ask yourself, how do great people, what would a great person decide to do here? Mm. And, and so sometimes you've got to say to yourself, when I sit in the midst of the drama of parliament and people uh, being kicked out, other people joking around, other mm. people insulting other people, I say, would a great person do that? Mm. Because you've got to remind yourself all the time. And I felt, even at the time, that I felt, you know, I have a leadership role in society. I want to be able to fulfill that role. And I want to be able to lead uh, South Africa. And if you want to be the president in the future, you better behave like one, yes. not start when you become the president. It's just weird. You would People would think it's weird. This guy used to just... <laughs> behave like a, a like it's old. now suddenly he's here in this office is now different this is thing, it's a, you are acting then and you, yeah. you either have it or you don't you, don't, you know and yeah. when i i've just finished reading president obama's book yeah. the promised land and he's a it's a fascinating book but you always knew obama was going to be president because he behaved like the, the president, president. Mm -hmm. whether he was a community worker whether he was a husband whether he was a law professor whatever he did Mm -hmm. So don't don't now suddenly think that people become presidents when they get the office. Mm -hmm. David wasn't the leader and um, wasn't the king, yet he was the king, if I could put it that way. He, <laughs> he led even without the title. President Mandela was the leader of this country before he was inaugurated president of the republic. So, so, so you must decide what kind of person you want to be and what kind of society you want to see. If I, if I go to parliament, I start swearing... Mm. And then I come home and my children are swearing Ish. at me. Why am I surprised? Mm. They watched me on television. Mm. Hey. Um, <laughs> if you've just <laughs> tuned in, we are speaking to uh, Ndate Musimaimane. He's actually giving us food for thought here. You have to be the person that you be so that you don't get home and then children behave in a certain manner and then you are surprised whilst in public that is what as a person as well you are doing uh, on facebook we are hope alive radio station on twitter we are hope alive underscore radio and on whatsapp we are zero six seven one five three one zero eight nine you can actually send us your voice notes just tuned in we are pushing boundaries with myself Zanele Zama and today we have the honor of speaking with Ndate Musi Maimane and we are pushing boundaries hey we are speaking to him about everything politics parliament his life preaching and also how does he prepare his sermons when he's going to preach yeah I haven't asked him that question we're coming back to it but we actually talking to him and if you want to engage with us send us your voice notes on 0671531089 i see we already have voice notes in we're going to take them after this question uh my man so uh, i have a silly question to ask can you cook 
Verwan. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have, I have, I have four dishes uh-huh. uh, that I that I make, mm. and and I I I've become I specialize in that. I don't I don't I don't I stay in my lane. You know, don't ask me to cook things I don't know. But when you say to me, can you make a a lamb chop dish? Okay. Uh, this I that's that's my speciality that I do well. Now I thought that we should do kapama guinea. You know, if if I want Mohoru Maguinya, I literally go to Sakumzi in Soweto, and that's where I go because Mohoru Wako Sakumzi, I could never top it even mm. at home. So I just leave him to cook what he does, and he does it best. Yes. Know? No, we thank you, Pella. Well, you know, when we're having this uh, conversations, we must break a little bit, and then come down. So, guys, sorry, I'm sorry for saying guys. Our listeners, Ntatemaimane can cook the best lamb chops ever. We have that tick. So, if he decides to run for politics, we'll vote for him because he can cook perfect lamb chops, but he can't cook mohodu. So, when we wulaya the homo there, we must not put him in that department. I care. We are agreeing, Bazaran. Okay. <laughs> we have a voice note here. Let's hear what the listeners are saying. Um, greetings in the name of the Lord. Um, allow me to first um, congratulate you, Lima Muruti Natalie, for your 15th year wedding anniversary. I know this year you probably will be doing, actually definitely will be uh, doing your 16th year anniversary. But um, can I then um, ask you this very naughty or silly question? Why uh, marry uh, Mamuruti Natalie instead of one of the girls from um, uh, Krugerstorp, where you were born, or Dobsonville, where you were raised up? Amen. <laughs> okay, that's one of the questions we have. Uh, did you get that? Yeah, I think so. Um, the question is, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yes, why not Tandi, you know, but... <laughs> I, I, you know, you know, you know, Natalie and I met Kukere Kim. Oh, is it? Well, I was, yeah. and she was involved in our worship team. She sings much better than I am. Uh. And um, she, in fact, is a much better musician. Wow. And... Uh, you know, you know, we did not know this. I want to respond to the question because, you know, people. Um, I thank God. I have not. Anybody, anybody. But or one day in South Africa, we will have to have this conversation. South Africa, non-racialism, mm. And at the time, we didn't we didn't get married for a campaign. Yes. It would be wrong. But I thank God, we can stand up and say it is still possible that black and white people can 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 work together, live together, get married to one another, and uh, and uh, we have three beautiful children. Mm. They will serve this country in whatever way they can. So so I I, I feel horri in part Kilerato in another part Kim Morena, and it's so. Um, did I date girls from Dobsonville Valley? Hearing and Nason Merkamore, hearing. I give it a four. Batong, okay. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I I believe that the people that we marry, as much as marriages come with its own challenges, but their God create God created those people for us because they complement us in a way that uh, we sometimes, you know, we lacking there. So before we go to the other voice notes, I I have to ask you this one. I know that you're passionate about education. I follow you on Twitter, by the way. Kupon follow way back. Anyway, <laughs> I know that you're passionate about education. If tomorrow we were to have the elections, I don't know who would win. Let's say Cyril uh, Ramaphosa wins again, and then he calls you, and he's like, "My money, come and be the minister of basic education." Would you agree? Look, I, 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 I would serve in whatever capacity and role that is. I have a deep passion for education. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I. I you know, I didn't go into politics for politics' sake. I went into politics because I have a genuine love for this country mm. and feel a calling towards it. So I wouldn't even ask. I, I would serve in that regard. Mm. As long as we had this understanding, Hori, you must do what you need to do. Mm. Because my problem at the moment is that party politics becomes a problem. Someone arrives and they say, I want blended education where you can have data and you can have some contact time. And then another person says, no, but the unions disagree and the unions are part of the alliance of the ANC, so we can't do that. Then mm. I would say to him, you can't give me the job and say to me, I can't do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. If we can't do what we need to do, then let's not do the job. Mm. No, I, I, I hear you. And I, I was actually impressed and happy and proud Yes, I'm going to end. Uh, uh, the words are going to run out of the, <laughs> what I want to say, but impressed, proud, happy that we do have someone who's speaking out because when COVID came, they were like, okay, children must go to school. And then you were against that. And you were actually giving us practical solutions as in like what needs to be done. So if tomorrow they ask you to be the minister, please accept and uh, please go and save us there with the very same passion that we have. Yes, I have like a lot of questions, but the listeners, they also have questions and voice notes. So let's take another one and hear. I pray it's not a silly question this time round. A very good evening to you, Zanele and Mr. Busimaimani. Leadership, listen, I love him. Like, He's the reason why I voted for the DA at some point in time. (laughs) So, yes, I love how he has shown such leadership skills. He gave us hope for a better South Africa, if I may say so. And now that he's a pastor and I'm like, if he was to become president one day, like, what a better way to be led by a man of God. You act the role before you become it. Wise words. Thank you. Great show. Great interview. Great conversation. Jace, I just want to say I love you, Mr. Musimaimani. <laughs> so you must come back again to talk to us. I would happily do that any time, any time, as long as there's ele- electricity. So I might only come back after 2024. But <laughs> <laughs> He's got jokes, but Okay, so <laughs> before we take another voice notes, we know that now you have this movement, One South Africa movement. Can you, in, in briefly, like, tell us what it is? Because I tried to read up. I was busy with work as well. And I'm like, okay, are you, are you, are we voting for you, or it's just a movement? Like, what, what is it that you do? 
Well, it's it's firstly in the name, right? Like, you know, we live in too many South Africas. There's a South Africa for rich people. There's a South Africa for poor people. There's a South Africa for urban people. There's a South Africa for rural people. There's a South Africa. There are many South Africas. Others would say there's a South Africa that is black and there's a South Africa that is white. So, so when we talk about one South Africa, we are saying, eh, eh, the only time we'll ever have peace in this country mm-hmm. is if there's a South Africa for all. So we wanted to build a movement that is first and foremost non-racial, mm-hmm. that says it is grassroots based, that mobilizes South Africans so that we can gather around three areas, really to say to people, be an activist, uh, be an advocate and hold the government to account. The reason I'm asking people to be a, an activist is because I find more than anything, too many people are sitting and being spectators to government. Mm-hmm. We all sit back and we say, um, here I am, send the government. And things don't work like that. Uh, if you, We elect people who don't, who have not, who, once we've elected the Mugari, they leave our communities because they lose activism. Mm-hmm. So that's on one level. The second level is we're saying we want to make sure we have we fix our education system. So I'm deeply passionate about that. Mm. We want to make sure there are entrepreneurs in communities. But then ultimately we talk about direct elections, which is more to your question. Who do mm. I vote for? Mm. And I'm saying we should vote for people in our communities, from our communities that we can hold to account. Mm-hmm. The reason we want to do that is because we fundamentally believe. Let us assume you come from a, a church community X and mm-hmm. you want to stand for elections, but none of the parties suit you. Why can't you stand for elections as an independent? Mm-hmm. Or now we will support you, help you get elected, and then when we are finished, we can make sure that you represent the people in councils, in legislatures, and in parliament. Mm. Because you might not like america and you might think everything in america is not applicable here but one thing is important if people like the president they vote for the president they don't like the president they remove the president directly they don't ask the questions they don't debate it south africa even if you don't like the president (laughs) if the party says this is the president what say have you got you've got none Mm. so we want to make sure there are direct elections that take place in this country so that we can elect people and say, no, yeah. we must know these people. The problem with, the reason why we all feel powerless, we watch Zondo Commission and we think, hey, but one about second. And what we don't, we, we feel powerless. At the end of the day, we sit at home and we say, that's, that's not how democracy works. Mm. Democracy must be willing to say, we know this one. Wrong word. <laughs> we are going to remove him out of office. Or, or this one is doing well. When you catch an Uber, yes. you you eventually know the driver, you rank them, five star, three star, you rank them because mm. you know who this person either does a good job or not. Mm. And politicians must remind must be reminded of a simple truth. They mm. work for us, not us for them. Mm. I, I, I hear you, that we have, we have a text message here. I, I will read. It's actually a question. It says, hi there. I applaud you, Ndate Maimane, for being able to stand for your truth right now. To a certain extent, I feel that back when you were in that party, there was a form of suppression of your personality. What changed in you when you left? You know, I that's always people ask me that question. And I, and I think... 
you know, you know, you know, sometimes some of it is age. I think it, it doesn't matter whether, you know, whether, whether it was in football, whether it was in whatever, the older you become, the more comfortable you become in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And I think I've, I've had to grow up. I'll be dead honest with that. I went into politics when I was quite young. I was in my late 20s, early 30s. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of trying to find out more and more what are the things that make me get up in the morning? What are the things that don't? And so that's on one level. Yes. But at another level, I, I, I feel so much freer without the constraints of a party that sometimes I felt it was harder to fight the people. It, I felt like I was spending too much time fighting people inside the party rather than fighting for the people of South Africa. Mm. So everything that you were doing there would be someone inside the organization saying, hey, this is that, this is that. And so I really, that in and of itself mm-hmm. is what so many South Africans, uh, you know, you, 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 you speak to an accountant, particularly a black accountant ends up in this firm. When they're at the firm, suddenly someone says to them, hey, this is how we behave, this is what it is. And they feel like they can't really be fully who they are because they're in this culture and in this context. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those things are hard. It's a societal issue we've got to break uh, out of. Yes. So I felt I was spending way too much time trying to sometimes even convert people <laughs> inside the organization. That yeah. South Africa is for everybody. It's not just for you. It's for everybody. Mm. And we must build this thing for everybody. Yeah. That that energy was draining and tiring and sometimes you eventually say to yourself, I, I want to go out, be free, so I can talk to South Africans. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're experiencing is Musi who's fighting more for South Africans rather than against a whole lot of people who, some of them, um, actually are not interested in South Africa itself. Let's take another voice note. Hey, today, let's take them and then we see how we wrap up. Good evening, Zama, and uh, our guest, uh, Musi Maimani. Wow, what a man of integrity. You know, you see traits of, uh, you know, his faith in in how he spoke and how he carried himself. And having personally seen how uh, politicians really put a play uh, in in, in the parliament and outside of parliament they are completely different people and some of them are even friends but they fight in parliament and they cause so much drama misleading the country misleading the people uh, at, uh right now i'd like to say thank you uh musimaimani for standing your ground and for being who you are and uh you know for for standing for the truth and you know not being shaken by what is happening around you god bless you may extend your territory and uh, a lovely interview thank you thank you to our listeners uh, there you you're getting a lot of compliments that's why you, you see i'm saying you must come back so i i will i will sms you so you can come back and then we talk more thank, i want to say thank you so much and and, and really Caleb, um, I'm deeply, as I said, um, it's it's a real humbling thing to serve South mm. Africans and South Africa. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the easy thing to say would be to say, like, in truth, all glory belongs to God. And, Amen. And one day we'll be able to say that in ev- in every context. Mm-hmm. Let's take uh, then another one, another voice note. 
You are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. Good evening, Zanele and the Hope Alive listeners. Good evening to Mr. Maimane. My name is Dumignoni. Um, well, the question that I have for him is that him having experienced the parliament office and being a child of God, a truly child of God, now that we have heard his story, is it advisable or uh, to encourage young people who are in the church now, who are saved, to study politics and be involved in the parliament or stick in what the Bible says we should uh, pray for the leaders. Should we remain in church and pray for the leaders up front and not be involved, knowing and seeing that there is corruption so much in in the uh, in the parliament office? So him having experienced both the church and the parliament office, is he encouraging and advising us as young people to be involved in the parliament office, or we should just sit back and rest and pray from afar? Thank you so much. That they, should we should we venture into politics, or we should just pray for you guys? And Tina, we we, we <laughs> look. I I I think you you know I, I never quite told you, and maybe this might be a very important story. You know, when mm-hmm. I first the, the going into politics, I was a youth pastor. I was preaching at a church, and as I was preaching at this church, I felt God say to me, "There's a young person here who needs to go into politics." At that time. Having grown up in Soweto, I knew what politics meant. Mm. I watched people being necklaced. I watched people, those were the politics I knew. I knew the politics of the ANC and the IFP. And I was in the ANC. <laughs> so when this word came in the church, I thought to myself, oh, oh yeah, I'm asking <laughs> a young person here to do something that, that could be life-threatening. Uh, mm. So I asked, I asked, is there a young person here? We'd like to pray with you. And this, and there was no one who responded, right? <laughs> so I thought, I, you know, it's becoming embarrassing as a preacher when you say something, people think, ah, you've lost the plot. So, you know, you start to say, is there someone here with a headache? There must be someone with a headache. We can pray for that person with a headache, at least. And I got in the car, I got in my car, and, 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 and I was just talking, my wife said to me, I think that young person was you. Mm-hmm. And... I'd been thinking about politics, but I didn't feel I needed to go into it because I was quite fulfilled being in church, being in being the youth pastor. And but I'd remembered that I'd once prayed to mm-hmm. say, God, I want to be a history maker by serving you and my generation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the prayers you pray in the secret place, God answers in another context, and you may not expect them. Mm. So my response to that is like me. I didn't. I went into politics for service. I didn't go into it for a career, mm-hmm. and I felt a deep calling. And I would urge to respond to the last caller is to say you you need to go. You need to go because you feel a deep call towards that. I I think today South Africa is longing for the Josephs, for the Daniels. Mm-hmm. And by the way, let me say something that might shock a few people. I think there's a bad teaching out there. That says, no, we separate church and politics. You know, church and politics must never mix. I say, where is that in the Bible? Show me. Mm -hmm. Because frankly, I have a problem with someone who says, let's pray for missionaries to go and evangelize people in 
in Zimbabwe or somewhere, but we fail to pay to pray for people who must come and serve people in South Africa, make sure we administer social grants, make sure we have a financial system that works. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. Otherwise, if, if there was a Joseph in the church and we failed to pray for them, we would rob a nation. Mm. So I am of the complete view that in simple terms, everybody, church should be a place where we gather so we can be sent, not gather so that we can run a hospital. You must come there, uh, commit your life to service, and whether that be in business, whether that be in politics, whether that be in education, whether it's in the arts, it's in the media, I believe this simple verse, the kingdom of God is awaiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And they will be revealed when they go to parliament, when they go to business, when they go to different places. That's what we've got to pray for. Otherwise, this country will struggle for a long period of time. Hallelujah. Uh, before we take this voice note, I just need to add on that. This is the message that our pastor here at Hope Restoration Ministries, uh, Reverend Matebula, has been preaching that, guys, as Christians as we are, let's get into politics, let's get into business, because the people that are there, we can't just sit back and say, no, they don't mix. So I, I am happy that we are in, all in the same line. So next time when I call you, we're going to have Rev here as well. I'm going to try and convince him so that we can encourage young people to stand up and, and, and push Levangeli as well as politics. Let's take the last voice note so that we can wrap up. Hi, Zanele and Mr. Maimani. What a great show. I have two questions for Dr. Maimani. My first question is that um, I want to know um, uh, what does he like most between being a politician and being a pastor? My second question is that I want to know if being a politician does not affect his Christian life. For I know that politicians are labeled being corrupt, like um, making empty promises, this and that, you know, we know how we call them. So how does that affect him as well as affecting his Christian, Christian life? Thank you from Eunice. Bye-bye. Um, if I got the question, which which do I like? That would be like saying, which which I've got three kids. Which mm-hmm. one of them do I love the most? Yeah, they are part. You know, you know, church and politics and South Africa. I love I love all of them. So, so I don't. I, I it's not like I want to choose one over the other because I think everything is spiritual. Everything, whether it's good or bad, whether it's up or down. It's all spiritual. That's the first thing. And I think um, to to uh, I, can you can I can I remember what the second question was? Just a quick. Yeah, the second question was: uh, Has politics challenged your Christianity? Because a lot of politi- politicians they are known to be yeah. thieves and so forth. And yeah, so forth. I mean, I mean, when you are in a political environment, you will always be confronted with it. You are you are also operating in confronting another kingdom. So. To say that it hasn't is always, I mean, just, you know, many of your your enemies are people you work with every day sometimes. You know, in politics, they say your opponents are opposite you, mm-hmm. but your enemies are behind you. They are next to you. Those are the people sometimes who stab you in the back. How do you then, in that context, practice forgiveness? Mm-hmm. So we, you can preach forgiveness in the church and then people walk away and say, yeah, maybe I must forgive my sister or my this. It's when people spread false information about you, but they were in your office saying, I were supporting you. You are our leader. But they go out and they stab you in the back. 
So, so these things happen. They happen. It's the life that you sign up for. So, mm-hmm. so I think my personal experience is that, of course, my faith has been confronted. There have been days where you lose faith in humanity. You look at people, you say, hey, no, you'll never change. Um, there have been days where, obviously, as I said, as I said earlier, you've got to, you are operating in, the, in a different kingdom. So you've got to be able to sometimes mm. confront some things that are going to happen. I would like to take this opportunity and say thank you so much for gracing us with your presence via WhatsApp call, via Zoom. Have you lost him? Yes, he's back. Dr. Maiman, I was saying, would like to thank you so much for giving us this hour away from the little children there at home and coming to speak to us about your ministry, about politics and about everything that is here in the happening in South Africa as a whole. And there are other issues that I would love to talk to you about. I'll be in contact so that we can set up another conversation because this is a time in the country where we need your kind of wisdom so that we can tap into it as Christians and tapping also into politics into politics so that we can raise the next generation so that about Daniel and KG there at home they can see that Yazini Ubaba this is what my my daddy was working for at the end of the day so I would like to take this opportunity and thank you so 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 very much no much appreciated and I look forward to speaking to you